0: Welcome to the 602 Club Track FM's local watering hole here for a supplemental episode. It has been a while since we have had one of these, but we are excited to do one. As we are on the journey to the rise of Skywalker, and as we did with uh, the journey to the other films, we are pretty intent on making sure that you're ready for the movie by talking about the content that is coming out. Christy and I covered Spark of the Resistance. We will have Resistance Reborn as well as Force Collector coming up for you. And so with me, a a Jedi Master and a person that you know quite well from the network are one and only Bruce Gibson.
1: I can't even live up to my own name. That's so good. Thank you for that introduction.
0: Well, you know, maybe we'll have some sound effects there.
1: Bruce Gibson! Hiya, hiya, hiya. How you doing, everyone? Glad to be here. Man, I am so stoked right now. I seriously am so stoked about Star Wars. I mean, I always am, but I mean, at this moment, with all the content we're getting right now, it's just, like, really exciting. I'm so stoked.
0: Well, and as we're recording this, it is one day before The Mandalorian drops, and so I think I'm right there with you. I, I If we could... I would say our hearts are metaphorically on edge, just waiting for the Mandalorian to come out tomorrow. So. I mean this
1: is like the most exciting time for me is like any time a new Star Wars movie comes out, it's that day before i'm it's like you know Christmas Eve or you know it's your like like the day before your birthday or something. And now this is Mandalorian. I'm not used to getting this excited about a new TV show. So, I mean, this is cool. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked.
0: Kind of cool that George's wish of having a live-action Star Wars show is about to come true. Yes. They need to yeah. work him into it somehow. Like, just a cameo. That would be, uh, you know, um, who is he? Baron Papanoida from, yes. uh, you know, Pantora? So, yeah, I mean, it'd be great if he lived and just showed up randomly. I'd, like, I'd love it. Yeah, He's like, I'm still here. I'm still alive. <laughs> well, uh, we are going to be getting into Star Wars Allegiance, which is a four-issue comic series, part which is a part of the journey to the rise of Sky- Star Wars, the rise of Skywalker. So, uh, before we do that, of course, a quick reminder, as always, you know, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts if you do love the 602 Club. Yeah, hit us up with a star rating review over there on Apple Podcasts. Let people know what you think of the show. Help it continue to grow and find more of an audience. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at TrekFM or on Facebook at facebook.com slash FM. We've got the listeners only discussion group, which is called the Babel Conference there on Facebook. Type Babel into the search field and you'll find us. Or if you're on Trek.FM, and you are on any of the show pages, there's a button that says Discussion. If you press that, you can get into the group that way. Uh, You can get us an email. Uh, We love emails, track.fm slash contact. Choose the 602 Club, and then that email comes to Christy and I. And last but not least, we would love you to say thank you to our associate producers here through Patreon, Ken Tripp, Davis Grayson, Millette, and Daniel Noah. Really appreciate these guys for supporting the network and the show now, with the size of the network that we have, it's impossible for the hosts like Bruce and myself to do this all alone. And so go over to patreon.com slash Trek see how you can be part of the team and support the network each and every month. We've got some great contribution levels, but every little bit helps. So again, patreon.com slash Trek is where you can put your money where your mouth is or where our mouth is, uh, so we can keep doing these shows for you each and every week. Um, now, Bruce, so we mentioned it's, there's only four issues here um, with this uh, comic series, uh, Star Wars Allegiance. And we are right after, or sometime after, it's not really clear how far after The Last Jedi we are, but, the, the I would say the resistance still seems uh, in issue one to definitely be fledgling at most. I would say that this is taking place
1: probably a month or two before the rise of Skywalker, just because how issue four ends, it kind of leads into yeah. it sounds like it's leading into the rise of Skywalker. So here's a mm-hmm. real quick nitpick complaint. Uh, You know, this whole marketing campaign, A Journey to Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, that's fine for a cover, but I hate that it's in The Crawl. The Crawl starts off with Journey to Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, Allegiance Part One, An Old Hope. That's a lot. That's a that's a big title for a crawl. I don't like that. I think think it should have just been Allegiance Part One, An Old Hope, but that's just my nitpick.
0: No, I think you're right. Um, I think you absolutely hit that on the head. Well, it's, it's a little silly. Like, we know what we're reading because yeah. we're reading it. Yeah.
1: Because so, anytime you know. they republish these novels that say A Journey to the Force Awakens or whatever, they drop that when they republish mm-hmm. the comics and the novels. So what are they going to do? Change the uh, crawl? I hope so. But the crawl also starts off with Luke Skywalker is dead. I thought that was interesting, too, because that's kind of how that's how The Last Jedi starts off. Well, I'm sorry. The Force Awakens starts off with Luke Skywalker Skywalker has vanished. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Same type of thing. But anyway, I just wanted to call those out.
0: No, I think you've rightly kind of pointed to the fact that this is probably closer to The Rise of Skywalker than just about anything else else. I would say it's definitely closer than, uh, Resistance Reborn. And, uh, the, you know, we, we also read, you know, Black Spire together and talked about that here. Um, and I definitely think it's also closer than, um, what we got with Christy and I talked about, uh, Spark of the Resistance. So the comic itself, it, it starts off very interesting where the first order is attacking anybody who has been giving aid to the Resistance. And in fact, they wipe out an entire world uh, to Nana, as I think you would say it, which is traditionally, even in, in the time of the Empire, was a, as a neutral planet. But they just lay waste to this place because they they gave assistance to the Resistance as they do anybody who comes by their planet, regardless of political affiliation.
1: And they even tell them that the people on this planet, but that doesn't seem to phase anyone. And so it's like, yeah, we're just going to blow you guys up. Now. I don't think they blew up the planet. Right. I mean, I think they just destroyed what
0: was on the planet. They pretty much just lay waste to all of the cities on the planet. Yeah. So yeah, it does not go well for these people.
1: Yeah, because I wondered because I, later there's a reference to, you know, of Leia thinking about, oh, just like, you know, Alderaan, what happened to me? And I thought, well, mm-hmm. Alderaan was blown up by the Death Star. I don't think they have the technology to blow up the planet. But yeah, lay waste is kind of how I figured yeah.
0: it was. It, it kind of feels like, you know, in the beginning of The Last Jedi, where they lay waste to the Resistance base, yeah. on Dakar, that they kind of basically do that same thing, where they just they laser bomb all of the cities on this planet, just destroying everything. Which, you know, when you do that, is also going to destroy an entire ecosystem, basically create probably some sort of nuclear winter for them. And yeah, so for all intents and purposes, this planet is dust.
1: It's dust. And the species, if you look at that close-up on the first page, that little guy, he looks like the guy from Ice Age to me, like the squirrel or whatever.
0: <laughs> They're cute. Kinda, yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's, I mean, and it's a beautiful planet. It's an ice planet. And so all of their buildings are made out of ice. Apparently Elsa lives there. Uh, yes. and so And is an, an interior decorator. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this, this planet is gone and that leads us to where the Resistance Camp is, which is on a garbage planet of a knot. Um, which is also, I looked it up. It's actually in the same system as Beth, Bespin and Hoth. It's in that same system, the Anoid system. That when you, you know, say you uh,
1: looked it up, what do you mean? Like we've seen this planet before?
0: No, we've never seen this planet before. But I just looked it up in uh, Wikipedia to see where apparently this place is, and it's in that it's that same system that you know uh, when Han and Leia and Chewie. Or escaping on the Falcon, you know, Han looks up the system, and um, then you know it's where Bespin is, and so this planet is one of the planets in that system. Gotcha. So, okay. No, that's good yeah. to know. Yeah. So, um, and we get you know Connix running over to tell Leia that this planet has been destroyed, and and that's where she ends up, in in that same position. Like you mentioned, like it's just it's kind of just like Alderaan, like this, you know, it's been wiped out and. They thought that they had gotten past this.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, she's saying, like, well, we need to get recruit more people and I have a mission. And I thought it was kind of odd how she's just saying, like, I'm going to take the Falcon and go. But she doesn't seem to tell anybody what she's doing. I don't know why it's kind of a secret, but she decides to take Rose with her because she says, you know, if something goes wrong, she needs an engineer. But I kind of wonder if that was the real reason she wanted to take Rose. If there was just maybe they have a good relationship at this point and she just wants her companionship and she needs her support or if it was just that reason she really feels like she needs an engineer in case something goes wrong.
0: Well, you know, so this is the thing uh, in this part of the comic. We, we mentioned a couple of things. We mentioned Vyamirati being um, on her mission on Batu. We also mentioned what Snap Wexley and his group is doing. They're scouting remote uh, shipyards. Poe and Finn are tracking down weapons. And they mention they're on a risky mission, and that's where we see Rose say, "How how risky?" So I get the feeling like Leia is taking Rose because she's worried about Finn, and she's like, "This will get her mind off things." Mm. That's that's the that's what I kind of got out of this.
1: Well, I'm also glad you mentioned that line. How how risky? Because when I read that line, I thought she's thinking she's worried about Finn because. Number one, she showed interest in Finn in the Last Jedi, and number two, she did kiss him. I mean, she they got the first him. base. It's all about love. Oh, I can't believe she saved him. I really wanted him to sacrifice himself. I thought it was going to be so great for that character.
0: Yeah, but. me too. Well, I mean, I think I think you know the fact that you think you mentioned with her kind of desire for Finn. You know, it, 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 there is definitely a moment that happens there. So. You know, uh, what I think a lot of people are interested in is kind of seeing where this all goes and if there are any actual relationships in The Rise of Skywalker, because I and I would kind of like there to be because, you know, in the end, if we're going to wrap this trilogy up, I would like to think that the story kind of continues happily for these people. And in many ways, romantic relationships are a way to kind of help us know that the the future looks bright you know, you know when you yes. ended up with the, the 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 end of Return of the Jedi, and Leia and Han have finally kind of found their way towards each other and in a relationship. You know, it, you have a good feeling about the future, so it would be kind of nice to have somebody get in a relationship. Like maybe it's. Finn and, and Rose. Maybe it's Poe and Ray. Maybe, I don't know. So You have
1: to continue populating the galaxy. Someone's got to do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we need so. some relationships here. And I remember the second thing I wanted to mention about this is that this also shows that Rose is okay, thinking a positive, because the end of The Last Jedi She had been injured and she was on a medical bed. So now we see that she's up again, which we knew already because we've seen that she's going to be in the next movie. But this is, I don't know if we've seen anything prior to this story uh, of Rose. Nothing, nothing that I've read so far, but
0: well, and so this is the thing I think if I remember correctly, the, so the timeline seems strange. Because um, they haven't laid out when all of these things actually take place. The only one... um, I know Resistance Reborn is actually the first of all of these. Um, But I think that this and the Spark of the Resistance... I think that this one is first and then Spark of the Resistance is last... So, oh, okay. because there is a piece of this storyline uh, all throughout the issues that actually they make mention of already having happened in the spark of the resistance, so gotcha yeah, I haven't read yeah. that one yet, yeah yet, so uh, we get to Ray here, who's on this you know planet, she's doing her scavenger thing um, because they're on a trash planet, and she's using her skills that she has. And she's in a big fight with this big monster. And I I got the feeling like, you know, Ray in this story is kind of having a, she seems to be maybe having a little trouble with her connection with the Force. You know, it doesn't quite work the way she thinks it's going to on this big monster. Um, the crawl in the beginning of the comic mentions that she's a Jedi in training, which seems odd because nobody seems to be training her in anything Jedi that I've read at all. She just kind of seems to be adrift as a character.
1: I agree. And if it's like she's, if she is being trained as a Jedi, who's training her? I mean, is it, we haven't been told if there's like a Luke force ghost or some other force ghost or if Leia's training her in some capacity and maybe she they're may not be telling.
0: finally reading the Jedi texts.
1: Maybe that's it. Yeah. Maybe that's it. I mean, I don't, I'm sure they're holding that for the rise of Skywalker, but there was, I, I mean, I love Ray. She's one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. And even in this, I, there was something a little off about her because when she's doing this training, she's fighting this beast and she's like, she's the one instigating. She's picking on it and mm-hmm. everything. And then she's like, you know, oh, you know, now you're coming after me. And now, oh, wait, wait, I'm sorry. It's my fault. I'm the one who started this. And I'm like, really? You're going around picking fights with beasts? Is that
0: part of the training? I just thought that was a little odd. I'm really glad that you mentioned that because her characterization seems completely off here. She feels like somebody who is just wanting action all the time. Like that comes up later on too. And it, it just seems strange because, you know, we, we know that, you know, in the last Jedi, things don't go the way she wanted them to with Luke. And, Um, you know, she doesn't really, she, she is definitely a character who is, is willing to, you know, be action oriented in the films, but just to kind of see her willy nilly picking a fight with a monster seems strange to me. So yeah, there's, I don't really, I, I I would say I'm not a huge fan of her storyline, in this, she just kind of seems super impetuous and like she hasn't really learned anything in any of the previous experiences she's had, you know, with The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. But I also can't necessarily fault Ray too because nobody's really taught her crap.
1: Right. No one's taught her crap. And I'm jumping ahead to something because later in a later issue, she mentions she doesn't even have her lightsaber with her. So I'm a little confused. It's like yeah. if she's training as a Jedi. Why doesn't she have a lightsaber with her if she's on a mission? Mm-hmm.
0: And and the question I was wondering is is that has she even created the lightsaber again? Like has she been able to put it back together at this point, or has she not at this point? So you, so I, I when when they when she said that I thought to myself, well maybe she hasn't actually fixed. And so when she says, "If I had my lightsaber with me, you'd be in trouble." And maybe that's because she hasn't actually found a way to fix the lightsaber. Well, that's a
1: good yet. point too. Yeah, so and I that's don't why know. she's not yeah. using the lightsaber
0: yep. in this training against yeah. this beast, or this fight picking against this beast. Yeah, so, the fight yeah. picking. Um. Yeah. Anyway, so issue one has a couple more things. One is that the mission that uh, Poe and Finn are on is to lead them to weapons. So they they find a lead to weapons on the moon of Avadot, and they don't realize that they're being secretly followed by a a First Order informant and a group of bounty hunters that are meant to capture them. Um, So that's going to be a part of the story that plays out for them, and that one of them is a Claudite, which that was kind of cool to see again.
1: I was a little confused by this one. I mean, I kind of like this, you know, the bounty hunters are coming after them or interested in them. And and one of them, even like there's this like distortion to her look as if she's changing shape, which is later confirmed. So I was glad to know that I was perceiving that correctly. One thing I wasn't sure about is there's a cloaked person that's talking to BB eight saying, I thought i told you to to stay out of trouble i didn't know who that was i'm assuming that's poe yeah, as the story went po. along but i didn't think it looked like him
0: yeah no you're right it does seem kind of strange because as as poe was apparently getting information finn is getting in a fight in a bar and uh you know it and it makes sense then later on why the people don't realize that poe is with finn because he's cloaked yeah um but so he looks like a Jedi. That's what threw yeah, me he off. Yeah. It does kind of look like a Jedi. So yeah. uh and they and they report uh you know these these people report back to the First Order that they have found, you know, uh Poe. Uh that they ha- the these these bounty hunters report back to the First Order uh that they have found Finn. And with this whole scene plays out just like Empire Strikes Back where you know the guys like we don't have time to to follow up on every lead and Kylo Ren's like oh yes we do because he's right behind him you know so yeah it's straight out of Empire
1: and it also shows that Kylo Ren is also still yes in charge you know yes. and he's still on this mission he's just so determined you know
0: mm-hmm. well and so issue one ends with us figuring out this mission that Leia is going to go on and the mission is to go to Mon Cala and meet with um, the the Moncalmari, uh, about um, one helping them, uh, with ships for the resistance, uh, and she thinks that this is going to be a friendly welcome, and yet sadly the comic ends with them being met by some Quarren, as well as some other Moncal, and well, they are not met in a friendly manner in fact they have guns pointing at them so
1: i think this is one aspect of the comics i enjoy the most because it shows that mon kala is not a friend necessarily to the um, resistance i mean you assume they would be they've been very involved in the rebellion in the past but they have a beef against leia and how things were handled and i think they I feel as if they feel there's a threat because of the actions that maybe she has taken or the resistance has taken. And of right. course, we find out later there's something more behind that. But it's great to visit the planet again and just kind of see the infighting even between their own people. And Leia has to somehow convince them, yeah. even as she's scuba diving into, you know, joining the resistance or the rebellion, whatever we're calling it right now.
0: Yeah, no, um, I um I thought that was really interesting, too. And I was glad that we were going back to a place that's familiar. Uh, you know, I think what I liked about this part was, and, and this is actually happening in a couple of, uh, and, and I'm going to, I'll preface this um, by saying we'll talk way more about this when we get there, but um, they do this in, in Resistance Reborn in the sense that they go to some places that we've been before And I really appreciated that because, you know, as much as I enjoy new places, uh, I think the sequel trilogy has actually suffered because it hasn't balanced out at all going back to places that we know as well as new. And in fact, they haven't done that with the aliens either. And so at least so far in this comic, we're seeing aliens that we're familiar with, not just the new aliens from the... Uh, the new trilogy, which I'm very thankful for because I like having new and old put together, you know, because then it makes Star Wars feel more cohesive. I like
1: seeing the old, just like you mentioned, and digging deeper into them and seeing what they're doing. But now I'd also like to see some yep. exploration of the new and learn about their culture, their homeworlds of some of the yep. aliens we've seen. So that would be cool.
0: So we get to issue two. And uh, this part is called Troubled Waters because <laughs> they're on Montcali, get it? And uh... <laughs> it looks like it's going to be a fight. And then we get Akbar's son arrives, Aftab, and he is able to defuse this situation. Him and Leia embrace, and then they spend some time at the morning shrines. So that they can honor his father, Akbar. And I really liked this part of the comic. I thought, you know, it's sad that Akbar was so just shuffled aside in the sequel trilogy altogether, really. And, you know, he got a very unceremonious death. So it was nice to see somewhere that we're remembering this character in a way that I think befits who this character is, especially with the legacy of the clone wars and return of the jedi.
1: That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that way. I just remember thinking, "Oh, they probably wanted to use Akbar in this comic and realize, oh wait, he's dead. Well, we'll just have his son be the representative." But you're right. It does acknowledge his death and, you know, even Leia talks about, "Yeah, I was there at the time. I wish there was something, you know, I could have done." So, yeah, it's not just this a line in the movie, "Oh, Akbar's dead."
0: Can I just mention something that I've noticed about what we're getting for The Rise of Skywalker? Yes, what? So, have you noticed that everything that Ryan took out of the picture, that J.J. has put back into the picture? So... You know, you smashed the helmet, so Kylo puts it back together. You destroyed the lightsaber, but Rey is going to put it back together. So you killed Akbar. Oh, we'll bring in his son. Oh, so you killed Snoke. Oh, well, we'll one up you with Palpatine. I mean, it just kind of feels like everything that had been taken away in the last, you know, the, the Last Jedi has actually gotten put back in some way. In the new movie, I just think that's a little bit funny.
1: So maybe we get Luke back in the next movie because <laughs> he was destroyed.
0: That's, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, obviously, I don't think we're we can't not have Luke back in some form or fashion.
1: Well, obviously. we know we know he's in the credits, so yeah. we know Mark it, Hamill's yeah. back. So
0: well, and we heard his voice. You know, we we yeah. we, we 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 know that he. Is somewhere in the movie. Um, good times, though. I just something I noticed I, in in reading this comic. I was like, "Oh, Aquar had died, so we'll just replace him with his son." You know, like just that was kind of funny. Yeah, um, why not? <laughs> yeah. So this is the this is the next moment to where we Ray and and Rose have a conversation, and how she's just really annoyed that. Everybody's else is getting some action, in the sense of like getting the action, like the cooler assignments, and they're off in the you know the end of the rim without any real action to be had. And it just this is again, I think a point where I just felt like this: Do they know Ray as a character at all? Do we know what her voice is supposed to sound like? Because this doesn't, this did not feel like Ray to me. It just felt like a generic kind of like action hero heroine character who's bored instead of you know this character that we've gotten to know no
1: i, I felt the same way she seems very pouty you know and yeah and, yeah and just earlier when they you know arrived to the planet and there's a confrontation she's just like you know you know they said something like they're gonna you know stop them or something she goes you are welcome to try like she's just so aggressive and so eh, and pouty and she's on the ship like when are we gonna see some action and and i don't know maybe she's just in a mood like maybe you know after a year of this she is just like at a point where she's like okay i'm ready to move on i'm ready to do more and nothing's happening and i'm don't I haven't conquered all the jedi abilities that i want to conquer i mean i'm just playing into this as to maybe the reason why but i just think that they didn't write her the way we think she should be written
0: I don't even know if it's like how I think she should be written. I just... It feels like from what we've gotten, it just feels rather strange to to have her... Like you said, I, I feel like you kind of put it Well, she kind of feels like a pouty teenager. Yeah. And, you know... And let me put it this way. So think about where where Luke is between, you know, episodes five and six. I think he's, you know a character who's who's maturing, you know? And I think the thing that I feel with Ray here is she still feels so green. And part of that, I think, is just possibly the timeline that we've gotten for her. The, the fact that the first two movies happened back to back, I actually think really hampers her development as a character.
1: Yes, that is one thing that I was saying before The Last Jedi came out that I was not looking forward to is I wanted it to move ahead in time because then you move the characters ahead and the situations they're in ahead and not just like pick up where you left off. You're right. I mean Ray hasn't and Finn and all these other characters, there isn't a whole lot of development you get from them from going from the uh the Force Awakens to the end of the Last Jedi. And so now this is one year the Rise of the Skywalkers, one year after The Last Jedi. So now when we read this material it's less than a year since the last Jedi. So there isn't a lot of development. There isn't a lot of growth. Like you're saying, between going from, you know, a new hope to empire is what, three years? And then it's like another year to return to the Jedi. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of room for Luke to grow in there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I think, I think what it means is that. For the character of Rey, specifically, as we go to The Rise of Skywalker, there's a lot of heavy lifting to do with that character. Yeah. Because so. you
1: think about it, those three movies take place within a year. In one year. That's it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's just, again, there's just so much to do.
1: Well, that's until episodes 10, 11, 12, 13, <laughs> please, 14, 15. please, if there is a <laughs>
0: god in heaven, which there is, I pray to him that that never happens. So... So we get Poe and Finn who arrive on Avidot and they are being tracked, even though they don't know it, by these bounty hunters and they find the weapons, but as they do, they are attacked by them. So their storyline, honestly, I would say, even though it's the B storyline, feels like a C or D storyline just because it's so basic.
1: I didn't think of it as like a C or D storyline necessarily, but when you say it's so basic, that supports what I was going to say. And that was this is a typical Star Wars type of story. You're being tracked by bounty hunters and you're in a situation. You got to get out of it and you're, you know, trying to bring supplies back to your base. And what are you going to do? And <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, that's,
0: that's, that's all that's really involved in this story. Well, and. It feels like, I, I think the other thing is f- for someone like you and I, it feels a lot like a lot of the stories we got in Rebels. You know, like we're on a supply run and oh no, there's bounty hunters or, you know, like somebody after us and we got to get away. So, even remind me of resistance in some ways too. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Basic. Yeah. It is, it is very basic. And no, not the language. Um, but, um, We do get a little bit more of the First Order and they have arrived on Fondor, which has a shipbuilding facility and they, yes, um, which it looks very Rogue One-ish, which is cool. Yes. I liked that a lot. And they have taken control of these shipyards under the pretense that they had been contacted by the Resistance, even though they would refuse to help them. And this is where Kylo Ren institutes a no-tolerance policy for fraternization with the Resistance in any form. Like, basically, if you take a Resistance call, you're dead. I think it's a little
1: overboard. I mean, you know, when they did the planets that we talked about in Issue 1... I was a bit surprised. It's like, wow, gee, they think that they helped the resistance and they're saying, well, not really kind of sort of. And they're like, okay, we're going to destroy everything. And then this, it's, it's like uh, Kylo's pouty too. <laughs> you know, it's like, if he doesn't like someone, he's always like has to kill them or make an example of them. I don't know. It's just, I feel like they're just going to kill everybody they don't like. It's
0: Pretty a much. Little I much. mean, that's, that, that's the, first order mo
1: yeah it is but it, it just seems like a little overboard to me
0: yeah I can I 100% agree with you because it does feel like this is a moment where they're they're trying to make the first order feel worse than the Empire but I would say that what it kind of comes down to to me it just seems like the first order is more petulant <laughs> than the the Empire and it doesn't seem like they have a real plan for governing the galaxy that they're in other than just by absolute 100% fear and intimidation in a way that you're just asking for people to rise up against, which is I guess good news to the resistance because they need all of the help they can get.
1: Yeah. I mean, it just feels to me as if like, you know, if you're a first order person, you're just going to kill somebody because they bumped into you. Or they said, like, oh, yeah, I saw somebody from the Resistance over there. Did you try to stop them? Well, now uh, I'm
0: going to kill you. <laughs> it just seems overboard. Yeah, it's a little it's a little much. Uh, so we do get some more. We go back to Mon Cala, and you've got uh, Leia gets an audience with the King Echar, who is a descendant of Lee Char that we met in the Clone Wars, which is really cool. She's able to give her plea. And they say that they, you know, the king says that they will take a day to consider that. And in the background, uh, we have a character that we have met before, Noserai, who we met in the Clone Wars. uh, And he and his assistant um, are basically plotting against Leia as a way to get rid of her and her group. Uh, because they are worried that the longer that they stay on Moncala, the more at risk they are with the First Order. Um, And so we can skip over the Finn and Poe storyline, because honestly, at this point, they're just trying to escape the bounty hunters. And Chewie and Rose and Ray are on the surface on Moncala, loading up some supplies that they're given, um, and they are attacked by a group of it basically you know people saying you're not wanted here leave you know get off you know you drylanders basically yeah you offworlders yes <laughs> so um we start to have this fight ray kicks some butt and then we get this uh this character and I don't know how exactly you would say their name. It's, it's always interesting trying to say Star Wars names that you've never heard pronounced. But we get this character, Chad Colge, and he is Noserai's assistant, and he contacts the First Order and tells them that Leia and her group are here. And that is how the book ends. Yes.
1: He talks to Hux.
0: Yes, which, you know, who doesn't love Hawks? Great hair, really bad attitude. So. Pouty. Everybody's yeah, pouty. Very pouty. Uh, <laughs> issue three, then, of course, starts with the fact that uh, Chewie and 3PO and Rose and uh, Ray are all in these pods before the king because, you know, they started a riot or didn't start a riot, but they were defending themselves against this group. And. The politics of this really start to heat up between Noserai and Aftab, and in that, Noserai basically says that they could solve this by having uh, the ancient right of challenge, and Rey accepts.
1: She's like, yeah, bring it on. I'll do it. I'll do it. Me, 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 me. Because <laughs> we know funny. she's
0: been wanting some action. Yes. So...
1: And, and it's not, she doesn't say it quite like that. That's pretty much how she's saying. It. I mean, she's just like, I'm ready for something, bring it on. And she is ready for the challenge, but yeah. it's not with one of the calamari or whatever. It's the robot. It's the droid.
0: Yeah. They're going to end up having to fight, uh, not in, uh, no or his assistant. They, they're, they're going to have to fight this security droid. Yeah. Which, you know, that's not great. Um, and meanwhile, uh, back on the other side of the story, Finn and Poe are trying to escape, and Finn leads the bounty hunters on a wild chase so that Poe can secure the weapons. That's pretty much that storyline.
1: Yeah, but I kind of like that. You know, Finn's like, you know, I'll I'll run yeah. and and you hide. <laughs> you try to get everything done. If anything, it's kind of f- funny in a way when you see Finn trying is. to get away from everything.
0: And it's interesting, so we get to the fight happening between Ray and the security droid, and it was interesting because they realized that the security droid is not programmed to not target anyone else other than Ray. like it, it doesn't care about bystanders. And because of that, Rose steps in and helps Rey, which breaks the traditional challenge. And because of this, they're going to be exiled from the planet.
1: Yeah. Um. My thought on this, and I don't really, I don't have a problem with this. It sounds like my, the way I just did that. But (laughs) the thing that I thought was funny is the thing I don't, I like Rose as a character. Don't get me wrong. But so I said earlier, I didn't like that Rose saved Finn from his sacrifice. And then I didn't like how Rose stepped in and saved Ray in this. Like why does Rose always have to interfere? Stop it Rose, Ray can handle herself. Come on. You see her doing flips just like in the new trailer we saw. She can handle herself. Stop it Rose, you're always getting in the way. Yeah, it this this Rose has too many thorns for me.
0: Yeah, it was really interesting because I mean at this moment Ray is on the ground and this droid has its, you know, blaster hand pointed right at her. And then Rose shoots its head off. So I guess, I think a part of me would just have loved to have seen Ray be able to take care of it and like have a force moment. I feel like that would be more powerful for the character of Ray here. You know, I, I want to see Ray be able to kind of, like you said, handle herself regardless of whether or not she has her lightsaber.
1: Yeah, we don't need Rose to be Wesley Crusher of Star
0: Wars, saving everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is true. Um because they're uh about to be exiled, they're on a uh a platform, they they've been given some supplies um and uh a transport to get back to the Falcon. And so these supplies are being loaded up for them, and they notice a Quarren kind of sneaking on the ship, and the ship blows up. And at the same time, that's happening. Connix is trying to contact Leia to let her know that the First Order is on their way to Mon So we we end with kind of a double whammy: the First Order is on their way with an armada, and the ship's been blown up, and you know, they're all standing right next to the ship and the ship explosion looks pretty big. So we're not quite sure how everybody's going to survive yet,
1: but they will survive. Cause there's a movie that has to play out.
0: This is really true. And we saw the trailer, so we, we know they're the not going to die. Yes. Yeah.
1: You know, I kind of wish that Akbar son would have said it's a trap, but you know, we didn't get that either.
0: We didn't. He doesn't, he hasn't picked up the family lingo yet. So no,
1: but what I really like going into issue four is Ray is, uh, helps block everyone from the explosion by getting all the crates kind of formed together. She, you know, elevates them and pushes them together to block the explosion from hurting their friends,
0: which was pretty cool, which it was another moment. And see, I feel like I, I would have liked to have this moment on top of the moment we talked about in the arena where again, Ray was able to handle this herself, but yes, she is able to save them, which is great. Um, and then her and Rose go and chase this Corrin that they saw fleeing the scene, which leads to a wild, you know, Corrin chase uh, across the, the, the city, which they're able to track him down. And it's none other than Chad Colegley, who is the advisor to Noserai. And so he's the one who blew up the ship, tried to kill them all. Um, and at that moment, pretty much about that moment, the first order arrives on Moncala.
1: You know what? I just th- realized something about Rose. She's very sneaky because she's the one who stops him. Like, all we see, we see Ray chasing after him, and then she comes out of nowhere and just, boom, whams into him. And that's just like in the arena. She just kind of like
0: appears. <laughs> that's what happens, though, because Ray, apparently, Ray is not as smart as. Uh, Rose, because Rose got on a speeder, and speeders are faster.
1: Rose is just very sneaky. She knows how to get to the right place at the right time without anybody noticing. That's true. Maybe she should be
0: a spy.
1: Hmm. Maybe. Maybe we should have new movies about Rose and her children and start a whole new saga called Sneaky
0: Star Wars. Sneaky Star Wars. Um. Well, luckily... Poe and Finn are able to escape. It's a big to do. Um, it's very action oriented. The the set piece of the, where they escape. It's honestly not that exciting. I would say this 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 storyline just honestly. I I hate to say, but it left me bored.
1: Well, it's just you know a fun little romp. <laughs> That's all it is. And then you know when Finn. Well, we haven't got to that part yet. I'll I'll wait till we get there.
0: <laughs> no, go ahead. I think it's okay for us to wrap up their storyline here.
1: Okay, well then, like, Finn is, like, propelled from the big explosion and he's not setting off his parachute and Poe has to come in with the ship and as Finn is falling from his, like, escape pod or from his chair. <laughs> Whatever, just screaming the whole time, and then Poe just like swoops in and tries to capture him in the ship, and boom, Finn lands into this into the cockpit, and of course Poe's like, "Yeehaw!" and Finn's like, "Did we get the weapons? Well, we got most of the weapons."
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just a really goofy ending. It is, but it's funny. <laughs> it is. Um, so we are on Moncala. The first order has arrived, and Leia confronts the king with the news about uh, Noserai and, and Chad Cole Glee about them being the ones that had um, been working behind the scenes. They're the reason the first order is here, and Leia asks for their help. and In doing that, this is I, this was probably the best part of the whole comic. series is that you know she says look this is not about us asking that Nosarai be punished we we understand you know obviously he's doing this with a, a reason because he's wanting to try and protect his his planet but we have to work together or else the first order is going to take up everything you know and and she even says we must be a rising tide and so she asks for their help, and um, she she talks about the sacrifice that this is going to take to do, um, and she even mentions all the sacrifices that she has had to bear. Of course, with you know her planet being exploited, losing her husband, you know, I mean, she's yeah, lost we her see brother. Those images, we see, yes. it, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought that this was a really good part of the comic, and I really appreciated that there was some some real heart to the reason behind why um, the Mon Cala should join the resistance in, you know, fighting the first order and be willing to sacrifice to do so.
1: Yeah. We don't need to be fighting amongst each other. We need to be fighting the true enemy. And she says that we need to start focusing on the true enemy. And I think it's at that point that they realize, you know, that the, the first order is destroying them within their own selves, that they really mm-hmm. need to take down the First Order yeah. to have harmony on their planet.
0: Well, and, and I thought this this was a great moment too because this is where uh, Guy uses himself to distract the First Order so Aftab and the Falcon and a bunch of ships from Moncala can escape. And that way, the uh, the Resistance has... A larger, you know, group of ships now, which is excellent. Um, but the comic ends on a really dark note. You know that they, they escape, but then you end with Hux and the First Order Armada over Moncala and how they're going to make them pay for helping the Resistance. And it just says to be continued in the Rise of Skywalker. So we we have sort of a win here for the resistance, but it's definitely not a win for Mon Cala, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, that last panel, you see a stormtrooper the back of his head approaching a family. It's like, you know, there's the mom, the dad, and one of their children there, and then the youngest one has his or her arms wrapped around, I guess, the mother or something, and it's like, oh my gosh, are they going to be killed? (laughs) You know, it is a dark ending. And yeah, the fact that this is to be continuing the Rise of Skywalker, I'm not expecting that it starts off at this place, but I think we're going to see Moncala in the film, or similar planets being destroyed and conquered, and we're going to really start to feel the weight of what's going on in the galaxy and the torture that's happening to these planets.
0: I think uh, so. To kind of wrap this up and and give our our ratings with this, Bruce, I'm I'm wondering where you know, you kind of land with this and, and and does this, does it feel at all like it helps prepare you, you know, for, which its whole whole thing, reason for existing is to prepare you for The Rise of Skywalker?
1: Well, having not seen that movie, I would say that, I'm pretty sure to say that this is not essential reading. I don't think you have to read this to know what's going to happen in the movie, but it's nice to see this, to know that, you know, our friends that we've seen in these movies are working together and they're still trying to establish the, the resistance by getting uh planets that we know of and are familiar of and species that we're aware of that were friends of the rebellion to get involved. And so it kind of gives me hope that we'll see uh, Mon Cala ships in the new film. And it's also nice to see that Poe and Finn are working together. So it's not essential reading. I mean, it was nice little prelude, I guess, to the movie, but it it didn't do a whole whole lot for me. I mean, if anything, it just is what's taking place before the rise of Skywalker, and that is that Poe, Finn, Rey, Leia, Rose, C three PO, BB eight they're all together and they're you know trying to get the Resistance built up to fight the First Order. And that, I mean, we didn't see any fighting of the First Order in this. It's just trying to avoid the Force Order and build up the, the resistance with enough people and ships to to
0: go after them in the next movie. So what would uh, your rating be, you think?
1: Uh, I would give this one uh, three and a half fried calamaris out of five.
0: See, I, I think you really hit something on the head when you were kind of wrapping this up because, yeah, this feels like the no-brainer. You know, like, this is the type of story that has to happen. But I I think the thing about this is, is that a big part of the story, the part with Finn and Poe, wasn't actually all that interesting. Like, we don't have any idea what kind of weapons they're really going for. Uh, It just seems so generic as a storyline. And the storyline we get with Leia and, you know, with the Mon Cala is, is decently interesting. We know how important their ships have been to the rebellion and to the resistance as well uh and so for her to go back there to ask for their help is excellent you know and and to find a way to uh, you know honor akbar and all that too is great but i think that the thing about this is is that it seems to do so little with four issues like again the storylines seem very basic and i want i guess more and i think Part of this is that we're really afraid, at least in this comic here, to move the characters in any way, shape, or form, but we're also really not moving the Resistance all as much. I mean, when you see in the Rise of Skywalker trailer, that last trailer, all of those ships show up, and, like, they escape with, like, 12 ships here. I'm like, really? Like, that's all we were able to get out of this? Like, we're not, you know, so... There's a part of me where it's like some of this is it's good, but it also feels like at least in this comic here, they're holding so much back for the movie that it's like this again, like you said, I wouldn't call it a essential reading. It just it kind of feels like a way to try and possibly make money so that, you know, people will read some comics before. But this doesn't feel like it does much for the story. Of the resistance um, and it just feels it, it feels like a letdown because remember when we read Shatter Empire and we really enjoyed that comic and we felt like it did a great job of kind of setting the stage um, very well and of course at that point we knew nothing um, but I mean this doesn't even really seem to connect all that well with with much of the other ancillary materials we've been getting
1: Yeah. It feels to me as if they said, Hey, we need, uh, let's do a four issue comic leading into the new movie. So, you know, we don't want to really reveal anything. Just, you know, tell some story that's leading into this. And so it's almost like, okay, here's chapter one and the movies, the rest of the chapter, (laughs) like, there isn't really a whole lot just here. Like if, if, if you went to the author and you said, or, and, to the artists and stuff and said, Hey, do a four issue star Wars comic. They'd probably come out with something really cool, but this one was like, well, we got to be careful and we, it's not to overshadow the movie. And it's just kind of like showing what the characters are doing right before the movie. So what would the characters be doing? Well, they'd probably be trying to get help and you know, they're, they probably need some weapons. You know, we're just, we're just, you know, gearing up for what we need to do in the movie and fight the first order. So that's it. Yeah. They got to get help from some friends and find some weapons yeah there we go, and we'll use our our uh favorite characters in this.
0: I'd say I'd probably rate this uh three out of five yeah three out of five it's it's just it's there it's a thing that happened. It's probably more like a two point five out of five, but I'll be generous the, I liked the art so
1: yes, yes, it's a good point. I did like the art I'm glad you mentioned that, and I love the fighting sequences with Ray so
0: Yes, those were cool. Those were yeah. very cool. So, yeah, all in all, I mean, I'm, we're ready for Star Wars as we talked about the the beginning of the episode. Um, we're very ready for that. But, uh, Bruce, if people want to catch up with you here on the network or elsewhere, where can they find you?
1: You can find me on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex. You can find me here on the network on Literary Treks with Dan Gunther. And, of course, Matt was just recently on an episode. And uh, we're covering the Star Trek books and comics on that podcast. And then I also do Live from the Edge with Brandy Jackala, where we review a new episode, a new episode of discovery on YouTube live with everyone in the chat room the night after an episode premieres. And speaking of Star Wars, I'm on the Star Wars Report podcast with Riley Blanton. And of course, I'm always in the Babel conference. You'll always find me there.
0: Which is excellent. Uh, And you will find me all over the place on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, and Vero under the name MattRushing02. I'm here on the network. I do The Orb with Chris Jones. When we get a chance, we talk about Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Uh, You can find me doing two shows over on the Nerd Party Network. One is called Owl Post with Drea Kaufman, as we talk about Harry Potter one chapter at a time. You can also find me doing Aggressive Negotiations with John Mills, which is all about Star Wars, so if you like Star Wars and you probably do since you're listening to this episode uh, that is the show for you and then last but not least I'm talking about films through the lens of faith with my good friend Courtney on cinema stories but thank you so much for joining us and may the force be with you